Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Holistic Hearts. I'm your host, Kristen Chadwick. And again, I want to say thank you so much for all the support and continuing to show your love through my new platform of supporting this podcast, which is buymeacoffee.com. And just want to give a shout out to the many, many people that have blessed my socks off there. Thank you again. And again, if you have um, listened to this podcast and been blessed by it, I appreciate every single one of those, whether it's $5 or $25 or wherever you feel led to just support this podcast. So thank you again. Okay, so we are in the middle and wrapping it up a series that we have talked about vision this month in January. And through that, we have walked through a model that I call the VIM model. Actually, I don't call it. Um, my, I totally give all of the credit to one of my spiritual mentors. His name is David Smith. He is a phenomenal coach and I will be plugging him throughout this, but he is who coached me and how, who taught me how to become a coach. And, um, He's just been a huge part of my journey. And so I give that credit to him. He has created a book called Vision, Intention, and Means. And so I will post a link down below if you want to dive in deeper, um, check it out. But more importantly, if you guys need coaching from an incredible man, his name is David Smith, and I will post all his information down below. Okay, so we started out January really talking about an awareness of what season we are in, where we are at in our lives right now. In episode 48, we really talked about vision and how to discover your vision. And then in episode 49, we also talked a lot about intentions. And I want you to um, pull all of that together. And we're going to today talk about the last thing, which is means. We're going to talk about what does it look like to lean into all of those vision, intention, and means and partner with God in our lives to develop and further ourselves in him. So Jesus, you guys know, I love me some Jesus. I love the bearded man. As my good friend Eugene says, the bearded man from Nazareth, he is just a favorite. <laughs> so he is one of the most brilliant coaches of all time. One of the things that David taught me through uh, the coaching program that I did with him was to notice how much Jesus asks questions. He really is the most brilliant question asker. And as a coach, that is our job is to ask questions that provoke um, and really pull out the person that we are coaching because you are your biggest ex expert. We are not the experts. As a coach, it is a different role than um, a mentor or a teacher. A coach really helps you to see that you really truly are the expert. And Jesus was brilliant with that. He loved to come alongside and develop the hearts of the people that he knew well and the people that he just met and strangers. And he chose to have 12 specific disciples come along and follow him. And today he invites you to be with him, to see the gifts that he's put in your heart. It's up to us to say yes. 
And it's up to us to partner up and it's up to us to saddle up and go for the ride. So let me come back to what does means mean? (laughs) Means is the how. It's the how we get to the vision. Remember how we talked about vision, the long game. And then we talked about intention, which is the short game every day. What is your intention? Setting those intentions, being still, running the race, all of those things, right? So today is the means, it's the how. And I want to read to you Proverbs 2, 1 through 9. So bear with me as I read through this. This is out of the Passion Translation, which is one of my favorite all-time translations. I was... um, reading through Proverbs and I read these verses and I was like, dang, this fits right in with vision, intention, and means. Okay. So Proverbs two, my child, will you treasure my wisdom? Then and only then will you acquire it. And only if you accept my advice and hide it within you, will you succeed. So train your heart to listen when I speak and open your spirit wide to expand your discernment, then pass it on to your sons and daughters. Yes, cry out for comprehension and intercede for insight. For if you keep seeking it like a man who seek for sterling silver, searching the hidden places for treasured, for cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God, and every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. For the Lord has hidden storehouse, has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. He becomes your personal bodyguard as you follow his ways, protecting and guarding you as you choose what is right, and then you will discover all that is just, proper, and fair, and be empowered to make the right decisions as you walk into your destiny. Woo-wee! Can I get a hallelujah? Amen. That is incredibly powerful. My biggest thing that I want you to hear is that it is a treasure hunt. It is a, um, like a little kid finding a treasure map and being so excited. That is the invitation. Okay. Because I love this little spot right here in verse four. um, If you keep seeking it like a man who would seek for sterling silver, searching in hidden places for treasure, treasure, cherished treasure, then you will discover the fear of the Lord and find the true knowledge of God. Wisdom is a gift from a generous God. And every word he speaks is full of revelation and becomes a fountain of understanding within you. Oh, here it is. This is really where I wanted to highlight. For the Lord has hidden, has a hidden storehouse of wisdom made accessible to his godly ones. He has a hidden storehouse, but it's available to the people that he loves. Is that not the most incredible gift? It just takes us listening and asking and interceding for understanding. Oh, it's just so, so, so good. I'm just letting that soak in. Okay, so... Coming back to Jesus and this example of walking together, he called those disciples, right? They didn't, they knew the vision was like, okay, we're, we're hanging out with Jesus. This amazing, amazing, incredible, charismatic, uh, tractor beam of love, right? And (laughs) Jesus knew 
knew each of them just as he knows you. And he knew the means on, on how they were going to get to this vision. So one thing is very clear is that all of these disciples all had very different personalities. They all brought their own flair. I'm sure they were all different Enneagram numbers. I'm sure they were all personality types. I'm sure they were all different strength finders. Wouldn't that be funny to do a, a study on that? Like, what do you think um, Simon Peter's Enneagram number? He probably was an eight. <laughs> or uh, John was probably, ooh, I'm going to have to say John was probably a nine. That's funny. I've always been drawn to, to John. It's probably because I'm a nine. Okay. Anyway. Um, actually, I'm going to keep going. <laughs> Doubting Thomas, I guarantee you was an Enneagram five. Okay. That's enough. Um, side note. Okay. So Jesus said, come and follow me. And they did. They took action. They stepped out in faith. And sometimes we're just called to just step out in faith, even though the vision feels so far off, we're called to step out, right? So they followed Jesus for three and a half years in his ministry. And he showed them as they walked individually, how to, to use their gifts. If you think about Peter and his fiery spirit and his boldness, yet Jesus came alongside him and taught him how to be meek, how to come under the authority of Jesus versus coming under the authority of Satan. Do you guys remember that story when he, like in one sentence, he was like, you are the savior. You are the Messiah. And then he, he goes on and like the next sentence, Jesus is like, you are speaking truth. And then the next sentence he says, uh, I can't remember exactly what Simon Peter says, but it's like totally not in alignment with kingdom. And Jesus is like, get out of you, Satan, <laughs> get out of Satan or Satan, get out of Peter. Anyway. So it's just funny how Jesus comes alongside and he's calling out these gifts in us, right? There is no one size fits all. So even just going back to like the Enneagram and joking around with that, we are all so different. We can see ourselves in different numbers. We can see ourselves in different personalities and we can change and we can grow and we can be sanctified. And, and that is the importance of coming with Jesus to him yourself. You can hire a coach, you can hire a mentor, you can hire or, um, have a friend coach you, or you can be in a Bible study. You could go to church, but nobody is going to walk you through discovering who you are, your vision and how you're going to get there other than Jesus. Jesus is the real deal. He has hidden treasures and storehouses and gifts for you of wisdom and understanding as an opportunity to get to know him. Okay. I want to read you another little excerpt in David's book, Vision, Intention, and Means. Um, he quotes Eugene Peterson. And he says, The ways that Jesus goes about loving and saving the world are personal. Nothing disembodied, nothing abstract, nothing impersonal, incarnate, flesh, and blood, relational, but particular, local. We cannot use impersonal means to do or say a personal thing. And the gospel is personal or it is nothing. Woo! Y'all, 
That right there is powerful. Jesus is personal. Jesus is up close. Jesus is so intimately connected with who you are. There is no one else like you. There was never anybody like you. And there's never going to be somebody that is exactly like you and what you have walked through. So we partner up with Jesus who longs and delights in who we are, loves us now. Not, he does not, he does not say, I will love you when you get to blank ever, ever, ever. I want you to hear that. This is not about works. This is not checking the box. This is, he loves you right now. Whether you're stepping into your gifts or not, but he wants you to live the best life that he has given you to live. And so how do we take our vision and partner up with Jesus in this way? We have to be with him. We must respond to his invitation to be with him and we must engage our hearts. It cannot be head knowledge of who he is. If I could shout from the rooftops, oh, you guys, I, I, I wish I could go into every single church and reach inside metaphorically and squish the hearts of every single person in there, resuscitate it and say, remember your heart. It's beautiful. And God wants it. He doesn't want your check marks. Those are great things. They are culturally um, beautiful, but what does he want? He wants our heart. He wants our fear. He wants our passion. He wants our delight. He wants our sadness. He wants our grief. He wants our anxiety. He wants our struggle. He wants our joy. He wants our happiness. He wants our abundance. He wants where we don't even know how to give him. He wants the calloused places of our hearts. He wants our worship. He wants our um, uh, oh my gosh, he just wants all of you. And there are so many Christians that show up every Sunday to church to check the box. And I am determined to wake up the church and I'm getting heated because I am seeing this hunger in my children to see real real kingdom changers. And what does it mean to follow Jesus on a real level. You can be known for your morals and what's right and what's wrong and all of those things. But if you are not connecting with the heart of God, with the heart of Jesus, you better check yourself because you have a generation that is watching you. They are watching how you live your life. And you are not just you. You are creating a legacy. And we have to, we must respond to his sweet invitation to bring our whole heart to him. And guys, if you are in the space of, it really is just a checking off of a box or completing a Bible study or checking off that you went to church or you're in um, a Bible study and there is no fruit, let's talk because there's so much more to life. There is so much more to Jesus. 
lock eyes with this man, the son of God who adores you and wants you to live an abundant life. We are, we are privileged to be in the throne room with him currently. And as we stand right now in earth, one of the things that Jesus prayed about, okay, I'm going to just say this last thing and I'll be off my little tangent. I asked the Holy Spirit to speak through me right before this. And I really feel like he is highlighting this. But one of the things when Jesus said, this is how you pray. He said, as as in heaven here on earth, on earth as it is in heaven, right? Depending on what translation you're reading. What does that mean? It means bring kingdom here. How? How? How do you do this? By meeting with Jesus, knowing who he is, seeing how he interacts with people, feeling the love for people around you through the eyes of Jesus. And we won't know how to do that unless we are not, unless we are spending time with him. And that's the lens that we read the Bible. That's the, the lens that we watch the chosen or go to church or worship. Okay, here we go. <laughs> We're going to keep going. So again, be with Jesus. We must respond to his invitation. We must engage our hearts and we must engage in conversation. We have to be open honest, authentic, humble, worshipful, thankful, and have a listening ear. Just like I read in Proverbs too, a huge portion of this is listening. And lastly, being with him, we must receive. Ooh, do you hear that? We must receive and realize that he loves us just because he loves us, because he loves us. We love because he first loved. And we can only give that which we have freely received with no strings attached. So what do you need to receive from him? I know one of the things that Graham Cook talks about a lot is when you're going through certain seasons, whether you have this great calling um, of creating ministry or you are feeling led to further your relationship with the Lord or serve or um, I'm trying to think of different examples um, or you're, you're just in a season of hibernation and grief or the dark night of the soul. And one of the questions that we can ask is, who are you for me right now? So maybe that's where you're at. And the invitation is to ask, be with him and say, Jesus, who do you want to be for me right now? Okay. The second way we can partner up with our vision and tension is through spiritual camaraderie. And this means like, finding somebody who is a mentor, finding a group, finding a um, like-minded people who are after the same thing. There's a quote by Jonathan Campbell um, in the book, The Way of Jesus. And he says, we are social beings who need one another, not just for physical survival, but also for spiritual sustenance as we journey together. We need one another. We cannot do this journey alone. God calls us into community. 
If Jesus didn't walk alone, (laughs) the son of God, we should not either. He had 12 disciples. And then even inside of that, he had within that group, those three closest friends. If you are struggling in this area, I highly encourage you to pray and ask him to bring community and to have the courage to show up. One of the things I've shared this on here, uh, when Joshua came on my husband and we talked about community and the importance of community. And when we were first married, um, we had very little community. We had our close, close friends, um, maybe one or two, but we lost a lot of friends <laughs> when we were dating just cause we definitely got all consumed in each other and pushed a lot of people away. And when we got married, we quickly realized how much we needed community. And we started to pray. We were like, God, show up. We need community. We can't do this alone. And little by little, he grew our community too. We have the same group of friends that when we first were married, there's about 10 of us. And we have all been in each other's lives since before kids. And that to me is not the norm, which is so sad. So pray, ask God, and he will give you a community. Okay. Um, Another way that you can create spiritual camaraderie is through spiritual fathers and mothers, those that are further along from you. I just heard a conversation of um, somebody who we were talking about how we were longing for somebody who is further along than we are spiritually to come alongside in this season. Do you feel like that? I, I, a, I want to offer if, if you are seeking that be bold, find somebody in your community that you can ask to be spiritually mentored by and bringing it back to your vision. Is it somebody that has already walked a similar road? Cause that would be amazing. So I want to give an example of this on different spiritual mothers and fathers that have been in my world, um, in various capacities. Um, I have thankfully been so blessed by my own mom, um, who has been a spiritual mother to me in (laughs) more ways than just being my mom. Um, but I've also had so many women come alongside me in different seasons. I know in, uh, in (laughs) my mothering journey, when I had four littles, I had a beautiful mentor, spiritual mentor come alongside me and just bless the socks off of our family. And she was a huge light in our world. Then as they got a little bit older, I had another spiritual mentor enter into my life. And she, we went on walks. We would talk about what was going on and she would just speak truth, man. We need those mothers and fathers that can be like, Hey, Mm-mm. don't go down that path. You know, like this particular woman that I'm thinking of, she just kept speaking what was true about my identity and about my children's identity, no matter what was going on. And in even in Joshua's identity, 
And it was so powerful and so uplifting. So again, if you are searching for that, pray, ask the Lord who could be a good fit for you. Maybe it's through your church. Maybe it's through your neighborhood, um, through another avenue. I really encourage you to find somebody who you can be bold and say, Hey, would you want to meet with me like once a month? And we could talk about blank. Okay. Another suggestion is to look around you as your peers and those that are in the same place as you are along the journey, but they also want to encourage you. This would be an example of, I put out into the world, um, on Instagram, I said, um, does anybody want to be on a text thread to be encouraged to work out? Um, because a, I love the accountability and I love knowing that there are three other women that are in a similar place that we want to follow through on our um, committing to ourselves to nourish and move our bodies. And so I just started that. Um, another example would be to have a friend and you commit to prayer time or a walk and talk time. You guys, we are hungry for community. And sometimes we get stuck in the, there's nobody to talk to. And I get that. And I guarantee you that the person that you're wanting to hang out with and come alongside and encourage one another, they're waiting just as much as you are waiting for them to call you. And thankfully, (laughs) I have friends around me that have called me out on that. I have definitely played the, uh, um, like nobody wants to hang out with me card. (laughs) And, um, I had a, one of my best friends, she said, Kristen, you don't initiate. We want to hang out with you, but you've got to initiate too. (laughs) So do you need to hear that too? It's humbling for me to say that, but that's real. Sometimes I just get stuck in my own world and being an introvert, I'm pretty okay with that, but I also know I need people. Do you need people too? Even if you're an introvert, make that text, make that phone call and decide to meet up and spur each other on. Okay. Let's see. Another one would be, um, you being a men mentor. So where can you pour into relationships for those behind you, not behind you, but you know what I mean? So like, if you're a mother of teens, where can you pour into mothers of preschoolers? If you are a grandmother, where can you pour into a mother that's about to send her kids off to college and you come alongside them and you mentor them. And what I mean by mentoring is offering what you've walked through as a, as a place of wisdom and also listening and hearing where they're at and holding space for people that creates community. Okay. As we went through these, I want you to ask yourselves some questions. Where do you feel like God was highlighting in that? And what steps can you take to reach out to a community group, a Bible study, a mentor, or make yourself available as a mentee? I always say it's always great to be a mentee and a mentor because you're always pouring into somebody and you're always getting poured into. Okay. (sighs) All right. So we 
are partnering up with Jesus, right, to make this vision come into fruition. And, and like I said, this is all the ways that we are the means of how we're going to do that. So be with Jesus, the community, spiritual camaraderie, and lastly, our life experiences. Jesus was an expert visionary, and he knew his disciples learned through, um, he, yeah, sorry. <laughs> he knew his disciples learned through experiences, and he taught through story, metaphor, and tons and tons of questions. Like I said, he was the greatest coach of all time. And so if you think about all of the ways that you have lived your life, he wants to teach you through those experiences. If you haven't seen The Chosen, um, it's a little bit of a spoiler alert, but not too much of a spoiler alert. But okay, so season three, episode two, it's probably, um, it is my favorite episode of all time in the series. If I don't see another one, I'm okay with that because I feel like I had a for real encounter with Jesus, not the actor, but literally I felt him in my heart in the scene in The Chosen where he talks to James, who has a, um, in the show, it's a fictional show, obviously, but it's based off of stories of the Bible. And he's talking to James and he says, um, he's just sent them out to go two by two to go heal the sick, cast out demons. And James is like, but Jesus, I'm, I can't walk well. I want to be healed. And there's this moment, oh my gosh, it is so divinely beautiful where Jesus speaks into James and his experience of his body not doing what he wanted. He wanted it totally healed. And Jesus really speaks into James and how much more he was going to use him and how much he wanted him to be healed on this side of heaven. But right now, how much more will he glorify God and his ability to heal? And so just like with that, God uses those life experiences. He uses those years of sickness. He uses those years of not knowing what's wrong with your body. He uses those years of um, your children struggling or your marriage struggling or the bankruptcy or the financial struggle. He's going to use all of those and he leverages every experience that we go through. There's a verse that I love that he uses all things for the good and glory of those who seek him, right? So everything that we are walking through, God is going to use it for good. Satan uses it for harm, but God uses it for good. So that is beautiful. And some of us have walked through some really traumatic and grief filled moments. And even those, I don't know how he's going to do it. And I don't mean to slap a bandaid on it and, and, um, disregard anything because you know, Jesus is with you in all of those places and somehow he's going to use it and he will grow you through it. And it pains him to watch us suffer, but isn't it just like him? to use these things to further his kingdom 
and to come and meet with you and have an opportunity to come alongside you and tell you how much he loves you. Jesus is always praying on our behalf, no matter what we've walked through, grief, pain, health issues, childhood trauma. Jesus prayed for Simon Peter, just like he prays for us. He says, there's a verse that says, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. We are not alone. We won't be free from difficult circumstances. That's not what Christianity is. That's not what following Jesus is. He says we're going to have troubles. But Jesus is praying for us. Jesus leverages it all. Problems become oppor- problems become opportunities. Okay, so as you hear that, I want you to question, what difficulties are you currently facing? What would change if you were to view your circumstance as an opportunity for an upgrade in your relationship with Jesus? Not a punishment. Who does Jesus want to be for you in this season? I asked that before. And in what ways might God be using your current life circumstances to build and develop you as his child? And how can you lean into this opportunity to gain everything God has for you? Okay. So as we wrap this up, we've walked through the VIM model. Remember, we started with vision, intention, and means the last few episodes of Holistic Hearts. And this is all going to help us grow in our personal development and partnering up with our bearded friend, Jesus. And whatever your goal was, I pray that this journey is helpful as you are walking through this month's goal setting and vision casting And if I could sum up each of these episodes, the invitation to follow Jesus is where it all starts and where it continues and where it ultimately ends. And out of the relationship is where we find our identity. And out of the relationship, we follow the good shepherd where he knows what he's doing. And we partner up with him and there's no failing when we are locked arms with Jesus because it's all a part of the process. And it's all about growing our character. As Tony Stolfus says, uh, another great uh, coach out there, he says, people fail at change because they fail to draw on the relational change resources God has provided. God has the resources for you to change, for you to take that step and push past that upper limit, that ceiling of where we keep hitting and we're like, dang it, I can't get past this place. Yes, you can. God has resources for you. So here's the question I want to leave you with. And my friend and spiritual father, again, David Smith asked, what relational resources could you currently use to help you lay hold of all God has for you? Okay. Whew, what a fiery episode. <laughs> all right, you guys, thank you for listening again at this Bless Your Socks. Share it with a friend and would you support the podcast I so appreciate you and I love you and I'm excited to hear feedback from these three episodes really focusing in on our vision, intention, and our means. And I look forward to this next month diving into light. Okay. Bye-bye.